Greetings, and welcome to the Prometheus Project Podcast, episode 31 now. Uh, thank you for joining me on this exploration of creativity. Now, I have a question for you. Can cooking be considered art? You know, mixing various ingredients together and creating something new out of it all? I think we can all agree that cooking is a science. I mean, it's chemistry, mixing plants, meats, herbs, spices, liquids, using heat and cold to meld it all together. Reactions take place, sometimes good, sometimes not. But it all comes down to chemical reactions and interactions. But can it also be considered an art form? Now, I posted about this on my blog a while back, and um, I wanted to explore it a little bit more. It's something that pretty much everyone does. I mean, we all have to cook at some point in our lives, whether it's your full-time job or you're just popping some sliced meat between two slices of bread. It's a part of everyone's life. So in a way, anyone who cooks could be considered an artist, right? Or does it depend on the amount of effort one puts into the act of cooking or how much they deviate from a recipe, you know, kind of improvise, go off the ranch a little bit? Plus, we have to consider the fact that the final product is impermanent. You can't hang a plate of roast chicken and potatoes on a wall. Even the most beautiful platings only last as long as it takes one to eat it. So let's dissect this a bit. To start with, cooking begins with an idea. For example, you might think about what it would be like if you seasoned some chicken a specific way. Or maybe you're looking in your pantry or your refrigerator and you wonder what you could possibly do with all these odds and ends, the leftovers. That's not unlike coming up with an idea for a creative project. Sometimes inspiration just hits you. You're lying in bed or sitting in rush hour traffic and you have an epiphany. A great story idea pops into your head fully formed and you can't wait to get home to write it down. Other times, or for me, most of the time... There are these fragments of ideas that you have floating around in your head, and you mix and match until something begins to take shape. For what it's worth, I'm a cook. And don't confuse cook with chef. (laughs) A cook is someone who prepares food at home and may or may not have any actual training. A chef is someone who prepares food in a restaurant or other establishment and gets paid to do so, and more than likely has had professional training. Now, while I've worked in a few restaurant kitchens back in my early 20s, I've never been to culinary school. Pretty much everything I do in the kitchen, I've either learned for myself or picked up from watching cooking shows and reading cookbooks. Which, again, isn't that much different from how I learned to write fiction. I mean, I've always been a voracious reader, and in middle school and high school, I was going through books left and right. Lots of Stephen King, Tolkien, Eddings, anything else I could get my hands on. I stayed up late at night, far into the early morning, writing by hand on yellow legal pads. I also had this old Smith Corona typewriter, but at night, I couldn't use it. The incredibly loud clicks would wake up my father downstairs. But what I did was I imitated the writers that I liked. I experimented with writing different types of stories, poems, essays. I tried mixing different things together to see what worked. I'd take a couple of characters, put them in a setting, apply some tension, and the story would develop. Which is kind of like cooking, right? Eventually, I did get the opportunity to study creative writing in college, and that was great. I definitely learned a lot more about the craft, and I'm sure if I attended a cooking school, I'd probably be a better cook. However, 
I've always wanted to be a writer, to tell stories, to earn readers, but I've never really wanted to be a professional chef. I mean, I'm sure the restaurant industry is disappointed. <laughs> but back to my point, cooking is, in my opinion, often overlooked as an art medium, and I can't help but wonder why that is. I mean, a cook or a chef has to be creative when they develop a new dish. They have to think about the ingredients and how they'll work together. They have to develop a flavor profile. They have to consider presentation, how it's going to look on the plate, the contrasts and colors and textures. They also have to consider cost, how much the dish will cost to prepare and how much to sell it for on the menu. Yeah, the business of it. <laughs> of course, food is impermanent. With a book, you can read it and afterwards put it on a shelf, look at it, admire it, or sort it in your ebook library. With a painting, you can hang it on the wall and admire it every time you walk by. Same with a photograph or a sculpture. With music, you have a digital library to store it in for repeated listening, or an album or a CD stacked on a shelf. It's all in some way physical, always available. Food, on the other hand, well, it isn't. And no, that half-eaten cheeseburger under your car seat doesn't count. With food, for example, you go to a nice restaurant and check out the menu. You find something that seems appealing. You order, and a little while later, the dish comes out from the kitchen. Does it meet your expectations with how it looks? Maybe you take a few moments to admire the presentation. Then you dig in. You savor the flavors, the textures. It can be almost sensual. But after 20 minutes or so, well, it's gone. Your plate is empty. The waiter comes and takes it away, and the moment has passed. The art is gone. But does the impermanence of a prepared meal mean that it's not art? I don't think so. I mean, if someone builds a sandcastle on the beach, it's a creative endeavor. That's art, at least until the tide comes in. In Buddhism, there's a tradition called the sand mandala. Basically, it's a design made from colored sand. They can be large or small, complicated or simple. But the whole point is that when it's completed and appreciated, it's then destroyed, swept up in a dustbin. For the Buddhist, it's an example of the transitory nature of life. If you've never seen one, you should take some time to look it up online, especially if you can find a video, or even better, see it in real life. They are beautiful. I had a chance to see one made by monks visiting Tallahassee several years ago. It took them hours to create, and it was so beautiful. But at the end of the day, they picked up their straw brooms and swept it up. I feel that anything you do creatively can be considered art, regardless of how long it lasts. Cooking shouldn't be an exception. It's still taking random bits of pieces and seeing what you can do with them. It doesn't matter if it's words, paints, colored sand, or vegetables from the local market. Creation is creation. I'll admit that I'm one of those people who likes to take pictures of plated food. I know, I know. Don't judge me. No, I don't post them to social media. Well, I have a couple of times. But anyways, <laughs> I take the photos because I love the presentation. There's a local Japanese restaurant I love to eat at that always has beautiful presentations of the sashimi that I order. Same if I go to one of the local places that serves eclectic menu items. They do some fantastic plating that really looks like a piece of artwork that should be on exhibit in a museum or a gallery. The colors, the arrangement of each piece, it's amazing, and I appreciate the effort that went into making it. 
You know, many restaurant chefs go to a lot of trouble to make their plates look amazing. It's their pride and joy. Why shouldn't I take a few moments before I destroy it and simply appreciate the artistry, the thought that went into it? As a home cook, I obviously don't create plates as beautiful as I see in some of these restaurants, but I still try to make it look nice for my partner. I'm not a fan of just slopping the food on the paper plate and being done with it. I like to take a little extra time, just a minute or two, to arrange things. Even when I'm preparing a meal, I think about how the different pieces are going to look together. How can I arrange them so they complement one another? To me, the aesthetics, the appearance, is just as important as the flavor. In fact, I think the appearance has an effect on the flavor. Consider this. What do you think looks better or more appealing? A fast food hamburger and fries in a couple of cardboard boxes or a hamburger with a side of fries on a plate? If these items were side by side on a table, which would you prefer? Probably the plated food, right? When you look at cooking like this, you can see how it's really an art form. I mean, if you disagree, I'd love to hear your reasoning. You know, drop me a line via the contact form on my website or catch me on social media. And no, I'm not going to argue with you. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm just curious. And besides, you know, art's in the eye of the beholder. All right, so for this show closeout, I want to stick with the cooking theme. I know, you're shocked, right? But there are two things I'd like you to do. First, I want you to cook something. But when you do it, I want you to try and change your mindset. As I've mentioned, most people look at cooking as a chore, something that they have to do in order to survive. The problem is that mindset prevents you from enjoying the experience, and I really think that's a shame. Now, I'm not challenging you to make a four-course meal or learn some fancy kitchen technique. No, all I want you to do is make something simple, but look at it as a creative endeavor. You're not cooking because you have to. You're cooking because it gives you a chance to do something different, to try something new. And it doesn't matter if you're a carnivore, omnivore, vegetarian, or vegan. Cooking can be an adventure. For something simple, you can make uh, boil an egg, toast a piece of bread, boil some pasta. Anything that's easy and that you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of ingredients to make. Now, before you begin, think about how you usually do this. Do you just boil, peel, and eat the egg? Do you put uh, the same type of jelly on your toast every time? Do you just dump the noodles in the boiling water and let it do its thing? Well, what can you do differently this time? Have you tried putting salt on that boiled egg? What about paprika, cayenne pepper, garlic powder? How about instead of that same old jelly on your toast, try some honey? Or maybe mash up a banana and peanut butter and smear that on the bread. Or how about instead of boiling your noodles in plain water, boil them in vegetable stock? There's no reason for you to do the same thing the same way every time. Break out of those routines. Try something different. Sure, the results may be awful, but then again, they may be awesome. And even if it turns out terrible, at least you tried something new. That's what matters. And before I sign off, I want to mention that I've posted my first cooking video to my Richard Bist YouTube channel. It's not fancy and it's not going to get me a spot on the Food Network. It's just me sharing tips and tricks, uh, recipes, and just trying to show you that cooking can be fun and creative. 
and I won't be editing out the mistakes. That's all part of the process. So I hope you check it out. You might get a good laugh out of it. And you may learn something. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You know, Drop me a line on my contact form or catch me on social media. Until next episode, be safe, be kind, and be creative. Cheers. <laughs>